This is the Animal's Eye View podcast, and I'm your host, Lizanne Flynn. It happened again this week with a client, and I'm not really sure what to do about it. <laughs> I've talked about this before, maybe, on the podcast, that the words animal communication really do fail to, pun intended, communicate accurately, I think, sometimes the places of energy that particularly a companion animal might lead its guardians all with the underlying effort and intention of I need you to understand how I see our shared energy environment and oh by the way there are things of probably imbalance is the best way to put it because as I said before there's really never any attitude (laughs) they don't shake you know, a paw or a fin or a tail at, you know, and kind of give attitude of, you know, you when you always do this and then this happens, it's usually just a straightforward, hey, these things for you are out of balance and because we share an energy environment and because we are bonded so deeply and maybe that's the part that is missing probably maybe from my explanation to the guardians, but this is always done with a forward view from the animal of, we really do need to push the reset button and some of the things that are happening with you, some of the wounds that haven't yet been healed yet for you, are definitely seeping into our shared energy environment and because I am a master again speaking for the animal just to be clear because I am a master at the language of energy I notice these things and because it will be much better for you and therefore much better for me if we can see if we can have a resolution or maybe perhaps at the very least a release uh, an awareness of what these particular issues are then trust me, your life will be much, much better, and by extension then, my life will be much, much better. And the comment I was referring to from Guardians is that one of them said to me, wow, this is not really, I didn't really expect this. This was really different than what I thought was going to be happening. And I think to a certain extent, and not just these particular Guardians this particular week, but kind of overall I think since I started doing this professionally since 2008 that's kind of been a recurring theme and I think part of it has to do with the illusion that we have as humans of somehow our animal companions not being smart enough to get it maybe I'm not sure about that and not that anyone listening to the podcast thinks that their animal is dumb and by the way if you do think your animal is dumb I would invite you to (laughs) push the reset button because they're not they're just pretending like they are or maybe it's fun for them to act dumb in their experience I'm not sure But I think because of human history with our relationship with animals, and I guess I would say both animals in the wild as well as animals that we have domesticated, 
that because perhaps we are responsible, we are the ultimate stewards on the planet for taking care of all of other species, we somehow get blinded by the fact, I think, that we feed them, that we bathe them, that we brush them, that we walk them, that we clean out their litter box or the bottom of the bird cage or the gerbil enclosure or whatever that is, that somehow, yes, they are dependent upon us physically, but that's kind of where it stops. And I, I guess I wish more guardians would think to ask these sentient beings who are having an entirely different experience than you're having here on planet Earth, what their take is on, so what's going on in our shared energy environment? Because to be clear, this isn't about perfection. This is about a balance. This is about anchoring into a place of joy and light and more joy than perhaps you have ever felt, certainly in your adult life. I think it's likely that you may, as human experience on this planet, felt this way when you were very, very little, say from maybe birth up through like two or three, possibly four years of age that you were guided by your body at that point in time and you're just like oh my gosh I'm going to roll down the I'm going to roll down the hill in the grass because it just feels good to do that I'm going to jump in this puddle because I love the feel of squishy mud under my feet you were definitely guided by a more direct line of catalyst and cause and effect and likewise there were things probably no you didn't want to do. No, I don't want to eat my peas or my broccoli or my asparagus. Yes, I do understand it. it is good for my physical form. However, it doesn't taste good to me, so no, I don't want to do that. This isn't about necessarily changing the human experience, although even as I say those words, <laughs> I think, yes, it is about changing the human experience, but probably more accurately modifying the human experience so that so that you can come to a place not only with your companion animals but I dare say animals in the wild that you happen to come across in your travels or maybe encounter in your very own backyard from time to time. If any of you follow me on Instagram you know that I have a couple of squirrels that I'm feeding and we've had interesting conversations about the fact that I want them to eat the squirrel food and not the bird food and of course the bird food is much much more enticing because it's pretty colors it's probably got some dried fruit in there it's got some other things in there there's nothing wrong with the with the compact cylinder of the squirrel food but so again they come up to my back a sliding glass door they'll tap on there to get my attention I think sometimes it's just to say hi I'll have to have deeper conversation with them there were two this past week my point being that you don't you don't necessarily have to go hiking hours and hours up into the wilderness to come across animals in the wild they're they're really very willing to come and be with you and so i thought that for today and in finishing up this podcast i might use metaphor i might use a story to show you and perhaps have you experience on a more visceral level 
what it would be like and what it is like for your companion animal and probably all animals on the planet as it relates to our species because again I, I think that we've we've lost track of the energy piece most definitely um, I think part of that has to do with as I've said before that our biological imperative got activated and uh, because we are a predator and we are also prey and so for whatever reason within the human consciousness we attempted to and in fact elevated ourselves to in my own opinion um, a rather false illusion of being uh, apex predator and being kind of at the top of a triangle and all the other species underneath us I'm sure you've probably seen that meme floating around the internet rather than perhaps a circle where we are just one of a number of species on the planet because I think that's actually more accurate and one of the reasons why I decided to perhaps step into Storyland is that I had yet another client this week who said to me, oh gosh, you know, I would just love it if my dog would, would, would let me pick him up and just kind of love on him and cuddle on him because he's just so sweet and so cute and so furry and he only weighs about 15 pounds and I just want to mm, I just want to mm, you know that <laughs> that wah noise of you know smooching smooching all over and as I said to this client and this will be part of the story it really does help to literally put yourselves in the animals paws or the animals shoes so to speak for just a little while and so I would invite you to imagine that you're living in a lush green garden and you suddenly found yourself here you're not really sure how you got here you know that you belong here that's very clear because when you put your feet your paws on the ground and sometimes maybe that's two paws and maybe two little bird feet sometimes that's the um, the skin of your belly if you happen to be in reptile form you can feel the energy of the planet herself to which you are connected flowing through you and it makes you feel all tingly and you look around and you go oh yes that's right I did somehow ask to be here wow okay so I'm here and you're excited about being here and the second thing you're going to do is that you're going to take stock of this form that you happen to find yourself in and you look down at this form and you go oh yes okay ah yes there it is and you understand that whatever that form is whether you have two legs or four legs whether you have fur or whether you have feathers and wings whether you might have webbing between your fingers and your toes and you understand oh yes that might be particularly good for getting into that wet substance that actually sustains me if I choose to drink the right kind of it but deep down you understand that this vehicle in which you suddenly find yourself after having opened your eyes in this lush green garden is everything to you 
And you grow to learn that throughout this experience on this planet. And to be fair, you also come into it knowing that it's probably not likely going to be that long. And you understand that you are part of a dynamic, ever-changing, ever-undulating, ever-flowing web of energy that connects you to every single other species and every single other being on the planet. And just the thought of that and just the feeling of that fills you with something that you can only think to yourself, ah, well, this feels like the sun. This feels like the sunshine. This feels as powerful as the sun. And this makes me feel as warm as the sun. And no matter what that form is, you also understand that this form is going to tell you everything you ever needed to know about this particular experience. You understand that this form will tell you about pleasure and what feels good. You also understand that this form will tell you about pain. And you understand that even though there may be periods of physical discomfort, you know deeply, 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 because you are so connected to this physical form, that there's no need to worry about it. Because you think to yourself, well, if this is going to be part of this experience on this planet, this beautiful lush green garden, I guess it's okay. And you learn to trust your physical form. And you learn to understand that the information that it sends to you automatically and sometimes within nanoseconds of interaction with a different part of this physical dimension, you understand that it's just information, that it's just data. And you come to trust and learn and revere and love your physical form so very deeply. And you understand at some point that you don't have any questions about what it means to be a dog on this planet. You're not really sure what the, what the name dog means. You understand that there are giants living in this land. And you understand that the giants, if you happen to have had an experience, and all the animals talk about this, you see. All the other animals, whether they're in the wild or whether they're domesticated, understand what the others physical experience is. They understand that either you're an animal in the wild or perhaps you might be domesticated. They all know this. It's like they have their walking encyclopedia and memory bank and server of every other, every other animal on the planet. And so you know that within this there are giants living on the land. These giants. And you understand that these giants are somehow in charge. You're not really sure how they got put in charge because, you know, they're just another species like you. They seem to have had their own language developed, their verbal language, that is kind of unusual because you talk to all the other animals and plants and crystals on the planet using the language of energy. And so you just think, well, okay, they've, they've decided to have their own language. I, I guess that's okay. And throughout your animal experience, you also come to be aware of the fact that this other species, this human, even added the word being onto it, which you don't really understand because you, the light being, know that this is just an experience. But again, you're, you're more than willing to work with these giants and understand 
how they are on this planet. And frankly, to the majority of you, they are giants. Let's let's face it. Now, you understand in talking with your friend whale, perhaps um, blue or, or sperm or humpback or perhaps even orca, of course, these, these other species are not giants, but you also understand that because of their sheer numbers and sheer volume of these particular other beings on the planet, these humans, that they somehow put themselves in charge and they somehow have decided how the very lush green garden that you all happen to be part of and you all happen to be members of should be used. And you're a little bit puzzled by this from time to time because you look at them and you look perhaps at maybe some technological advances that they make and you understand why they might cheer and think, oh my gosh, that's absolutely fabulous and this is, uh, this is really wonderful for us and this makes us understand the animals even more. And you think to yourself, dude, why don't you just ask? If you want to understand how it is that the octopus or the chameleon changes color of their skin kind of just with a thought, why don't you just ask? If you're curious about how it is that a caterpillar basically dissolves itself in order for it to grow wings and become a butterfly, why don't you just ask? And you understand that these other these other humans' experiences kind of act sometimes like, you know, they're, they've, dis, they've discovered this great thing. And you know, though, that deep down, it's not really a discovery. It's just something that they've recently learned. Because in coming onto the planet, all the information that you ever needed was immediately available to you. You understand about gravity, you understand about trees, you understand about how plants grow, you understand about how crystals come, you understand about when a mother orca is pregnant, there's a download of telepathic and energetic quantum, if you will, physics information that she gives to her calf so that the moment that calf is born it can pretty much take care of itself even being born in the depths of the ocean. So you think that these beings actually kind of go to a lot of trouble to create it seems like a world that is separate from yours and a world that certainly lives inside this really lush green garden but they've also kind of created this separate world that you're aware that they study you, they look at you, and they write down notes and observations and they think, oh, well, yes, because this is how an elephant uh, behaves, then we can infer and then we can think that this is how elephants are. And again, you and the elephant at the same time are thinking, wow, you could just ask, we would be happy to tell you. And sometimes with these giants, if you happen to be on the small side of the, an animal experience, you're aware of the fact that these giants will come and you will live with them. And for most of you, you will have a really wonderful life. They love to laugh with you. They love to take you on walks. They get very sad and worried when you're not feeling well. And when you leave this experience, you feel the pain of separation exactly as they are feeling it. And you also understand that from time to time, they love to pick you up 
And particularly if you are of the cat variety, they really love to pick you up and they really want you to sit on their lap and they really want you to purr with them and they really want you to sleep with them. And quite frankly, there are some of you of the cat variety that just think, I'm just so over this. <laughs> I do not want to sit on your lap. Please do not pick me up. And if you do try to pick me up, I'm going to make sure that you understand that it's not okay with me if you pick me up. And so you wish that these giants would understand that on a neurological basis, on a neurological standpoint, when these giant pair of hands come toward you, you are instantaneously and immediately disconnected from your home base, which is Earth, and from gravity. And for just a moment, you are weightless. Yes, you understand that these hands are underneath you and you trust, you learn to trust, that no, you're not going to be dropped. But at the same time then, you are moved out of a physical place and a physical space of being in which you are frankly really, really comfortable and all of a sudden these hands come up simply because they've got <laughs> a bug up you know where to pick you up and cuddle because sometimes they're just feeling needy. You understand this. You understand that you came here to be partner. You understand that your soul awarenesses that you need in this experience match up perfectly with their soul awarenesses. You just wish they would understand that when these giant pair of hands comes towards you, and if the situation were reversed, they would feel an activation of their sympathetic nervous system. The fight, flight, freeze, faint aspect of what the body does when it's moved suddenly and kind of without permission to a different physical place. There is an automatic stress release that happen. Adrenaline floods your system. You become perhaps even a little uh, lightheaded. That activates perhaps a reactivity. And you wish that they would understand that you tend to react out of fear or pain. There's no such thing as aggression in your world. There is only a reaction toward fear or pain. And even within your animal experience, if you happen to be an animal in the wild, and even if you, if you happen to be, for instance, prey, and you understand that there will be times that, in some experiences, your life won't get to the adult phase because there will be a predator who will need your physical form in order to sustain him or herself and perhaps him or her young. And inside of the animal experience, you understand that part of it is necessary for you to feel what it's like to transition hopefully quickly and to have your body become part of another being's digestive system. But you also understand at that point you have become one with that other being. And you understand that the predator is necessary to keep the numbers of prey in check. You understand about this magnificent, marvelous, magical web of energy that wraps around this glorious, lush garden like a web. And you're pleased and you're proud to be part of it. And so when these giants maybe happen to step into your shoes just for a little while, 
they might think before they pick you up. They might think before they get too close to you out in the wild. They might understand that they are predator. And an animal in the wild who has not had as much interaction with their species is going to see you and see them as a threat. And they should understand that a wide berth is not only necessary, it's imperative if they want to continue along in their own human experience. And you're not really sure how it's going to end up for this lush green garden. You enjoy your experience while you're here and you know that when the physical form is ready to release you, you'll go on likely to your next experience or maybe you'll just even return to source energy. You're not really sure about that and quite frankly you're not really worried about that because as long as you're deeply connected to this planet that sustains you and is made up of such dynamic energy that you feel it all the time, you are perfectly happy and you are perfectly filled with joy pretty much every single moment. And you just wish that the other species that call themselves humans and are having this human experience would feel the same way that you do. And maybe one day they will. I'm Lizanne Flynn. This has been the Animal's Eye View podcast. I'll see you next time. Thank you.